welcome to the Liquid Church Podcast, a place where you can hear the timeless truth of God's Word in a way that's culturally relevant and cutting edge. Today, you're tuning in for our special Christmas series, The Gift, where we'll reflect on the true meaning of the three gifts the wise men brought to honor Jesus upon His birth. And we'll ask ourselves the question, what will I offer Jesus this Christmas? It's our hope this message will help you discover how God's story relates to your own and that you will leave feeling encouraged. Thanks for joining us today and enjoy the message. Upon seeing the bright star of Bethlehem in the sky, three wise men from the east began their journey to find he who has been born king. They followed the star to the place where baby Jesus lay in a manger. They had arrived with one purpose, to worship him. The wise men each presented their gifts. Gold for the everlasting king, frankincense for the prince of peace, and myrrh for the mighty warrior. This Christmas, we'll reflect on the powerful, true meaning of those gifts and ask ourselves, what gift will I offer to Jesus? Well, Merry Christmas, Liquid Church. Hey, let's send some Christmas cheer to our live locations and church online. So glad you guys are with us today. Merry Christmas. Hey, before we dive in, I just want to thank you Thanks so many of you who have already given your gift to our year-end Christmas offering. It was so encouraging this week uh, just to thank so many of you who share our vision to feed hungry children in Haiti this Christmas. We're reaching college students and special needs families in the new year. So thank you for your generosity. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It means the world here at year's end because maybe you don't know this, but 20% of our giving for the whole year happens in these last few weeks of December. So if you haven't joined in, you still have a couple of weeks left to join the joy and spread God's love this Christmas. Now, um, last week we started this series called The Gift. Everyone say The Gift. The Gift. In which we're looking at the three gifts given by the wise men at the birth of Christ and what they tell us about King Jesus. Um, the Gospel of Matthew tells us that Jesus was born in Bethlehem to Mary and her husband Joseph. And they were visited by three magi or wise men from the east who brought gifts. Now, do you remember the three gifts the magi gave Jesus? All right, we looked at Matthew 2. It said this, Then they opened their treasures, and they presented him with, say it together, gifts of gold, of frankincense, and myrrh. And we said these three gifts are pretty special. They're prophetic gifts. In other words, they foreshadow what God's Son came to do on earth at Christmas. Uh, last week we saw how gold represents what? royalty, right? It symbolizes Jesus is our king. But today I want to teach you about this second gift called frankincense, which kind of has a funny name and uh, you can take a look at it. It's actually a small, slightly yellow in the raw. It looks like golden raisins or uh, kind of, you know, like, you know, fossilized popcorn. <laughs> but in Bible times, they grind up frankincense to create incense. So it's like frank incense. You get it? Like frank incense. Okay. So take a look at this. This was one of the original essential oils. Any essential oils fans here? I have a few advisors, okay? Do you like thieves? You like thieves? My, my, my wife likes to roll on stress away, okay? Smells, smells like, she goes, it smells like Christmas to me. Nothing smells like Christmas, like the combination of cinnamon and stress together. Isn't that nice? Frankincense was kind of like an essential oil in, uh, in that time. It was used in worship, actually, 
by a priest during the sacrifice, what he would do is he would actually put the incense on a plate and burn it and, and it would go like a smoke offering up to God. In other words, the sweet smelling smoke was like the prayers of God's people rising up to God's throne in heaven. Beautiful image, right? So again, this is a prophetic gift. It foreshadows what Jesus came to do in his role as our high priest. Now, some of you are scratching your heads. You're saying, am I in mass? What is this? What, what exactly is a high priest? Um, if you come from a Catholic background, you may be familiar with what a priest is, right? A priest is simply somebody who's called by God to intercede for God's people. What that means is he represents their lives before the throne of God. In the Old Testament, Jews had priests, and the Catholic Church, as you know, has priests. In fact, here's a picture of a priest, right, burning incense, right, at the altar. Now, even though I'm a Protestant pastor, it's actually a very similar role to a priest. It's just somebody who represents the people before God, uh, offers prayers, leads worship, ministers to people in the name of Christ. But in Jesus' day, the high priest was the highest religious authority in the land. And here's the deal. The high priest had to be holy. Everyone say holy. Holy. You know what that means? No physical defects, no deformities, perfect. And that's actually why he wore a robe, because nobody's got like a perfect body. But he put the, a robe on, and it would symbolize his holiness before God. It showed, you know what? This priest is special. He does not have spots. He does not have a blemish. Uh, he has a pure heart. He has clean hands. You get it? And once a year, this high priest, what he would do is he would enter the holy of holies um, in the temple to make atonement for the sins of the whole nation. You call it Yom Kippur. In other words, he represented the people before God. And he said, I'm going to gather up your needs and all your sins. I'm going to intercede for you. I'm going to offer prayers and a sacrifice on behalf of my people. And here's the thing. If the high priest was successful in his offering, the whole nation was forgiven and blessed for that year. But if he was unsuccessful, that priest could be struck dead on the stop, on the spot. Literally, tradition says that they would actually tie a, a, re, a, a, a rope with bells around the priest because if he died and they, they heard the bell stop, they could just pull his body out. <laughs> it was serious business being a priest, you understand? Okay, so the priest had two main roles. The first is this. He made sacrifices for the forgiveness of sins. That's his first role. And then he would offer prayers on behalf of people to God. So sacrifices and prayers. Let's start with sacrifices. A little theology. Uh, since the very moment of creation, in the Garden of Eden, when Eve and Adam sinned against God, there have been two opposing forces in the universe. On the one hand, you have the holiness of God, and on the other, you have the sinfulness of, of mankind. Now, I understand in our culture today, a lot of people don't like the word sin. I had someone say, sin just sounds icky. I don't like that. It just sounds, you know, sin, you're a sinner. It sounds judgmental. You know, people today, they say, well, you know, maybe I made a mistake or I had a lapse in judgment, but, you know, it's not a sin. Like, who's to say what's right and what's wrong? You know, you do you. You hear that a lot. If it works for you, do it. You speak your truth, live your life. Who needs sin? I'm just telling you, it's an unpopular term in our world. Newsflash, the Bible don't care. <laughs> the Bible states the truth. It says this, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is what? Not in us. <laughs> In other words, God's like, hey, you can claim whatever you want and you can speak your truth, but guess what? It doesn't make it my truth. <laughs> See, you have to acknowledge the reality of sin because it's opposed to the holiness of God. <laughs> I like how Craig Rochelle puts it. He says, if we don't understand the holiness of God, we'll have a casual approach to sin. In other words, unless you understand 
what it really means that God is holy, you'll never realize the cost and the tragedy of what sin does to us. So let's just start there for a minute. Like, what does it mean that God is holy? Okay, the word holy, I put this in your notes. It comes from the Greek word hagios, which means sacred or separate, pure, blameless, perfect. I won't say perfect, perfect. What is God? God is transcendently holy. He is morally flawless in every single way. He is perfect. God in heaven is so pure. There is no wrong. There is no fault. There are no flaws in him. So he is totally separate from us because he's holy. So understand this. This is so important. Holiness isn't like one of his attributes. Holiness is the perfection of all his attributes. In other words, God's love is holy. God's power is holy. His grace is holy. His mercy is holy. His glory is holy. That's why in heaven, you know what it says in Revelation? It says angels actually fly around his throne and they're chanting. You know what they're chanting? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Let's say it together. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. You know what that means? God ain't like you. (laughs) He's just like, he's just nothing like you. You're made in his image, but you ain't nothing like him. His holiness, his otherness sets him completely apart. His purity makes him actually just worthy of our praise. So this is a challenge because none of us are holy. I mean, can anybody sit on this throne? Anybody here like, no, I think I got a shot, man. I'm, I'm pretty holy. Let's go live. I need a volunteer, okay? I need someone to come up on stage and represent humanity. In fact, actually, Pastor Mike, come on. You come up on stage here, right? Give Pastor Mike a hand here. Mike is a good man, our pastor of discipleship. Now, Mike, I don't want to make you, you know, self-conscious, but you represent all humanity, no okay? So, so take, take a look. Mike's a good-looking guy. Nice smile, uh, clean, clean uh, sweatshirt here. Way to go, Mike. Becky, you're a lucky woman, okay? <laughs> now, here's my question. You ready? Okay. Is Mike holy, perfect, flawless? Give me a thumbs up or thumbs down. Can you give me a, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Your kids are double thumbs down. He's not, my dad's not holy. I'm sorry, Mike. You have been judged and found wanting. I'm I'm so sorry. Actually, I think it's your sneakers, man. Take a look at these. You are definitely not holy. You got grass on them, dirt. This one, the the sole is getting ripped off. You ain't getting into heaven, bro, with those dirty kicks. All right, so you go sit over here, okay? You are separated. I'll tell you that, okay? So you see our challenge? God's holy. Mike is not. (laughs) And none of us are. Not you, Karen. Not you, T. Not your grandma. Not that really nice lady at work makes those cookies? None of us. Scripture says we've all sinned. We've all done stuff that's wrong and fallen short of God's standard, which is his holiness. You get it? So sin separates Mike from a holy God. This is, by the way, why God hates sin. You ever wonder, like, why does he hate sin? Because it's the exact opposite of who he is. It breaks our friendship with him, our intimacy. It cuts off our access. It's like there's a velvet rope here, Mike. Have you ever been shut out of, like, a really swanky party? <laughs> Mike's like all the time. You ever have that? Like there's a velvet rope. And it's like, sorry, bro, not it. We are outcasts from God's holiness. And so the Old Testament, God appointed, look, a priest to solve this problem. Once a year, the priest would put on his robe. He'd go into the tabernacle and make a sacrifice as a temporary payment for the sins of Mike. <laughs> it was known as Yom Kippur, the day of atonement. And what the priest would do is he'd go behind the veil to this place known as the Holy of Holies. And he'd sacrifice an innocent animal. But first, the high priest, look at this, he would light frankincense, right? 
and the incense would burn and the smoke would rise up to heaven, representing the cries of God's people, forgive us mercy, God. And then the priest would take the blood of that innocent animal, watch, it's kind of weird. He'd sprinkle it on the mercy seat. That's the place where God was believed to be seated. And he'd sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat, which symbolized the death of an innocent victim in place of the guilty one. It's a payment for sins. He would do that so that God would be merciful and actually have mercy on Mike and his sneakers. You get it? <laughs> I'm the priest. I'm interceding before God on Mike's behalf so God can forgive Mike. Now, let's be honest. If you haven't been in church or like you never heard this before, this is kind of strange, right? <laughs> it's kind of kind of gross even the idea of like killing an innocent creature and you're sprinkling blood. It's, it's kind of gross. It's unfair. Maybe you're like that. Like it's a bloodthirsty God. Maybe that's why you don't like religion. But here's what you have to understand. Part of God's holiness, his perfection, is his justice. Because God is holy, it means he's perfectly just, means he can't let sin go. He has to punish sin. But God is not just just, he's also merciful. And this is the beautiful part of what your God does. The blood satisfies God's justice, and at the same time, watch this, it extends mercy. God's perfectly just, but he's perfectly merciful and loving. So he says, you know what? I'm not going to ask Mike to pay. I'm going to appoint someone else to pay the price to forgive his sins. That way, my justice gets satisfied, and I can show mercy to the men and women I love so much. So that's what was happening there. The priest was making a temporary sacrifice under the Old Covenant. Church, here's the good news. That's the Old Testament. That's the Old Covenant. But we are not people of the Old Covenant. Amen? We're under a new covenant. And I want to tell you today about a new and better sacrifice and a new and better high priest. His name is Jesus. He is the son of God who was given frankincense as a gift to symbolize he is your high priest. Hebrews 10 tells us a lot about our great high priest. I want you to look at this. I put it in your notes. I want to read this together. Scripture says, God's will for us was to be made, what? Holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. So we're not holy in and of ourselves, but God wants us to be holy. And here's what it says. Under the old covenant, in the Old Testament, the priest stands and ministers before the altar day after day. And he offers the same sacrifices again and again and again, which can never take away sins. In other words, it's temporary. So what's the solution? Verse 12. But our high priest, Jesus Christ, offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sin. Say it together, church. Good for all time. Can you say it again? Good for all time. You need to give God some praise right there. Make some noise because as a New Testament Christian, you don't just have a temporary covering. Jesus, your high priest, offered himself as a single sacrifice for your sins. Good for all time. And on the cross, he satisfied the justice of God and he gave mercy to you, who he loves so much. Hebrews then says this, look at this. Then, what did he do? What did Jesus do? He sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. You understand? That's why Jesus is our king and our high priest. Amen? Isn't that cool? Let, let me show you how this works and what this means for you. Mike, can you just stand up for a minute? I want to show you what Mike did for us. Mike, first off, take off those dirty sneakers, all right? Those things ain't, those, those things ain't getting in. Yeah, put them over there. I don't want to smell them. Just cut. <laughs> You put it over there. I want to have a little Christmas gift exchange. What Jesus, your high priest, did is he took off his robes. He said, I am going to put 
my robes of righteousness on Mike's shoulders. I'm going to put on him. So good news, Mike, because Jesus is your high priest on that cross. He says, I'm giving my life and I'm going to take Mike's sin. I'm taking those sneakers so that Mike can wear my robe of righteousness. You know what the Bible actually says? It says, he has dressed me with the clothing of salvation and draped me in a what? Say it together. Robe of righteousness. So now when God looks at you, he doesn't see your smelly sneakers. He doesn't see your sinfulness. He sees the righteousness of Jesus. So you know what that means for Mike? What can he do now? Guess what, Mike? You can approach God's throne of grace because you're coming. It's okay. You won't get struck by lightning. Go ahead. You can sit in it. I don't think you'll get struck. Like, poof, wouldn't that be amazing? Guys, think about that. God's like, I don't see Mike's filthy, smelly, stinky, sinful sneakers anymore. When I look at Mike, all I see is the righteousness of my son, Jesus Christ. Jesus satisfies the justice of God so Mike can experience the mercy of God and enter boldly into his presence. Amen? Does that make sense? It's incredibly good news. Jesus is your great high priest. So don't be intimidated. He's not some distant savior on a throne up there who, who won't come near you, you know, if you've got a little dirt on your nose. He's a high priest, the Bible says, who understands our weaknesses. It says he empathizes with our temptations. And he's here to help you in your time of need. Again, look how Hebrews puts this. Hebrews is wonderful in explaining this. It says, therefore, let's read it together. Since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, who is it? Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who's unable to empathize with our weaknesses. Isn't that amazing? Like, it's not that Jesus can't relate. He's like, I've been through it. I was born of a virgin. I came to this earth. But he was tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet what? He did not sin. Isn't that amazing? He didn't sin. That's why he was able to actually be our sacrifice. He was born of a heavenly father, not an earthly father, without the stain of sin. But because Jesus lived in this world, he went through every temptation you do, just as you do. You know what that means? No matter what you are going through today, Jesus understands. If you're here today and you feel stressed or you feel anxious and overwhelmed, guess what? Jesus understands you. If you're, if you're going through pain, you're, maybe you're suffering physically, and the surgery or the healing hasn't come yet, guess what? Jesus understands. If you feel lonely or angry, maybe you lost somebody close to you and it's, and it's hard at Christmas, you know what? Jesus understands. If you feel tempted, maybe, you, you know, the stress of the holidays, you feel pulled back into pills or alcohol or porn, you don't have to be scared. Jesus understands, and he can help you. That's what a high priest is for. Look what it says in verse 15. We don't have a high priest who's unable to empathize with our weaknesses. We have one who's been tempted in every way. How many ways? Every ways. No temptation you had, Jesus did not know. Yet, he did not sin. Are you alone? Have you been betrayed by somebody you loved? Jesus says, I was in Gethsemane. I, I, I can relate to that. Would all my followers cut bait and took off and, and left? I can relate. Have you gone through physical pain? Have you gone through suffering, excruciating? He says, I can relate to that. I understand. Maybe you're being tested. Maybe you're going through a trial right now and, and you feel tempted. And Jesus says, you know what? I was actually tempted by the devil for 40 days in the wilderness. Again and again and again, that snake kept coming at me. 
I relate. I can understand. And watch this. I can help you. Maybe you're in some sort of emotional or, or physical anguish, and Jesus says, you know what? I was beaten and ridiculed, and I walked to Golgotha carrying a cross. I was rejected and crucified. I understand, and I can help you. Whatever you're going through, Jesus cares. He understands. Whatever you feel, Jesus felt. Wherever you hurt, Jesus hurt. He's your high priest, and he can sympathize with your weaknesses and temptations. So it means you tell him whatever's on your heart. You don't hold back your prayers. Hebrews makes this staggering promise. Let's read this together. It says this. Let us then approach God's what? His throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive what? Mercy and find what? Grace to help us in our time of need. I hope you understand. You can come to his throne boldly like Mike is. He's like, Mike's like, man, I get there, but I don't have it all together. But because Christ had all the God, he was perfect. I'm wearing his robe of righteousness, and now I can come to his throne with confidence. You don't have to cower in fear. You don't have to be afraid when you come to God. I'm going to get judged. You don't have to pray in some fancy King James language when you talk to him because he's now your Abba, your Father in heaven. You know, it's funny. When my kids come to me with something, and I'm their earthly father, right? They just jump in my lap, man. They, they, they're like very confident about it. My son's like, I need 50 bucks for gas. You know, <laughs> I'm like, 50 bucks. It's like, and he boldly asks me to Venmo him. <laughs> you know what I do? I give it to him. Why? Because he's my son who I love. We're in a relationship. He's my precious child. And though he isn't perfect, he's perfectly loved by me. Just the way you're perfectly loved by God. He's your Abba. And he's made a way for you to boldly approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that you can receive mercy and find grace to help you in your time of need. You know, I uh, read about a dying woman in a hospital who was in the last stages of lung cancer. And every morning she <gasps> gasped for breath. Obvious she was in great pain. Just exhausted from fighting. And she clutched a crucifix in her hand. You guys know what a crucifix is? It was a gift from her grandmother when she was a little girl. It was a symbol of her devout faith. And that morning, her doctor could see she was nearing the end of her life. Her battle with cancer was about over. And so he asked quietly, he said, would you like me to call a priest? And with her last ounce of energy, she held up the crucifix, the body of Jesus, nailed to that cross. And she said, no, thank you. I already have a priest. Guys, you don't need me to have access to God. You don't need a priest to pray for you. If you have Jesus, he is your high priest. Amen? Can you believe the mind of God? It says in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and then the word became flesh at Christmas. God's son was born in the form of a human child who loves you, who cares for you, who has mercy for your sins, endless grace for your needs, salvation for your soul. And then God in his wisdom sent magi, wise men, to offer a gift prophetically. Gold, he's my king. Frankincense, he's my high priest. Sacrificed once for all time. And he now lives to intercede for you in heaven. Think about that. With that great a God, who can boldly approach this throne today? Amen? You may feel weak, man. I get it. Your sneakers may be dirty. <laughs> Your soul may be black. 
You may feel far from God right now, but Jesus is saying, come, be like Mike. I want to wrap my robes of righteousness around you. So church, let's do that. Let's boldly approach the throne of grace together. I just want to clear today a moment for you right now, just to spend a few minutes boldly coming to God's throne of grace. Can I just ask you this question? How long has it been? How long has it been since you've really talked to your priest? If you're hurting today, we're going to give our hurts to our high priest right now. So all our campuses, let's just bow our heads and pray together. Let's pray together. Father, we're clearing this space to come into your presence boldly. And we have a great high priest, your son, Jesus, who sacrificed his life to forgive my sins and the sins of our people. And Jesus, we know right now you are praying for us. You're sitting at the right hand of God interceding for us right now. With all our heads bowed, would you just take this moment and talk to your high priest? He cares for you. He understands the details of your life. Maybe you're suffering physically today. Your body's hurting. Your mind is broken. You got a medical report that's upsetting. Tell him. Your high priest bore stripes on his back. He suffered so by his wounds you could be healed. Cry out to him. Maybe you lost your job or you're struggling financially. You feel the weight of this world. So many pressures, not enough resources. Just tell him, Jesus, I'm afraid, I'm hurting. Be my provider. The Bible says your high priest meets all your needs according to his riches and glory. Ask him to help and provide. Maybe you're feeling anxious. The Bible says cast your cares on him because he cares for you. Your high priest is also your counselor. He's been where you've been. He hurts like you hurt. He understands. It's Christmas. <laughs> Maybe you're tired. Maybe you're just exhausted. Don't feel like you can hold it together. Just weak and broken. When you are weak, your high priest is your strength. In your weakness, his strength is made complete. Call on him. He's your high priest. Pray to him now. All of our campuses, church online, there are those of you right now, you know your need for mercy. You've got dirty sneakers or some, some area of your life that needs God's forgiveness and mercy. This is a moment for you. The Bible says if you confess your sins, the high priest is faithful and he's just to forgive you all your sins and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Remember, you are not made right with God because you're good. You're made right with God because Jesus is perfect in every way. So pray with me right now. Jesus, be my high priest. Say it out loud. Jesus, be my high priest. As I pray to you, would you pray for me? Represent me to the Father. Cover me in your robes of righteousness. I turn from my sin. I ask you to purify me from the inside out. Where I'm weak, be my strength. I give my life to you this Christmas. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. 
Thank you for joining us today. If you want to check out Liquid Church for a weekend service, small group, outreach, or clean water trip, you can find out more about us online at liquidchurch.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, go ahead and subscribe or share it with your friends. Thanks again for listening.